Nature is a haunted house, but art is a house that tries to be haunted. Emily Dickinson, the complete poems of Emily Dickinson. Violent Vice contains graphic and explicit content, which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Violent Vice. My name is Audie Griffith. And I'm John John. Hello. If you guys could do us a favor, hit that subscribe button, give us five stars, and write a review. We would really, really appreciate it. It helps us move up the charts and helps us get noticed by other people like you. Do you know what we are covering today, John John? Well, it's spooky season. It is spooky season. It's Halloween. Happy Halloween, everyone. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to this month. Oh, I have so many creepy stories lined up, John John, and they will spook you. But today's is actually pretty light, so I cannot wait. Well, just know I'm going to try and spook you too, but I'm probably going to get spooked in the process. But what is the topic today? Today, we are covering Haunted Milwaukee. There's two places in Milwaukee that I'm covering one is the Piffster Hotel, and the other one is Shaker's Cigar Bar. But both places are pretty fun, and it's actually really close to me where I am now, so I'm excited to cover these places. The Piffster? Yep. P-F-I-S-T-E-R. Hotel. Oh. Well, in that case. So, I'm so excited, and... I'm just excited for this month in general because I know we we're covering John John's favorite topic later this month, haunted dolls, and we're doing some spooky <laughs> stories and maybe even a bonus episode. And this is just all be a great, great time. Sure, sure. Yeah. Sure. So I can't wait for what this month has to offer, and you guys should be super stoked. Because I know one of the episodes we had already recorded spooked me, so I'm so excited to continue mm-hmm. this month. Mm-hmm. I am going to count the days until it's over, mostly because that's the same thing as counting to Halloween, but still. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> All right, so we are going to start with the Piffster Hotel. Okay. And I'm going to read you what they have on their main page and then go into some of the hauntings. And it should be a fun time. So feel free to interrupt me whenever with questions. But this will be a great time. All right. I will get into the assumed fetal position, curled up and holding on to my legs. Oh, oh boy. (laughs) 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 It's not that spooky. Some of the ones we have to come will be spooky. But this one's pretty, pretty tame. Sure. At first glance, Milwaukee's The Piffster Hotel appears to be your average upscale historical hotel. However, despite the gilded architectural details and ceiling murals, this place has established a haunted reputation. Some guests have claimed to s- that the ghosts triggered the static TV and radio reception in the room. 
For Thrillist, some members of the Cardinals baseball team slept in the same unit after witnessing a Phantom's torso. However, the company website says non such thing. It says, as the vision of businessman Gildo Pifster and his son Charles, the Pifster opened in 1893, billed as the Grand Hotel of the West, a welcoming and luxurious meeting place. We are proud to have celebrated 125 years in 2018. Succeeding both fronts, this historical Milwaukee hotel was the most lavish hotel of its time, costing nearly $1 million. It has featured groundbreaking innovations such as fireproofing, electricity throughout the hotel, and individual thermostat controls in every room. Designed by architect Charles Koch, the hotel features a Romanesque revival design. Fast forward to 1962, when after over half a century of operation, the Pifster was showing its age. Movie theater operator Ben Marcus purchased the hotel at auction with the intent of renovating the historic Milwaukee Hotel to its original beauty. As part of the Marcus investment in the property, a new 23-story guest room tower was added in the 60s as well. Since opening well over a century ago, the Pifster has and continues to host the world's most celebrated entertainers and dignitaries. Collected by Gido and Charles Pifster, the hotel houses the largest Victorian art collection of any hotel in the world. Visitors can explore and learn about this art collection with a self-guided tour or a scheduled tour with the hotel's current artist and residence. Gilded by Silov, a philosophy of the finest hospitality associates of the Pifster carry on the legacy of excellence established by Gido and Charles over a century ago. For 125 years, the Pifster has stood as an icon of prestige, history, and timeless excellence in Milwaukee. Pifster Associates strives to ensure that when guests arrive, they come to a warm and friendly place that is much more than a hotel, it's an experience. As Milwaukee's renowned luxury hotel, the Pifster has brought history, a celebration of art, and philosophy of exceptional hospitality to locals and visitors alike. The Pifster Hotel is a member of Historic Hotels Worldwide, which is dedicated to promoting heritage and culture travel to prestigious historical treasures. The famed Pifster Hotel is one of the most haunted hotels in the country, however, and arguably the world. It is a historical landmark in Milwaukee, which is home of a professional baseball and basketball teams whenever they are in town. Major League Baseball players have reported a wide range of paranormal activity when they stayed in the hotel. Some of the things they reported are electrical anomalies, object manipulations and apparitions. Adrian Beltaire, a player for the Ellis Dodgers, has said in Sports Illustrated that he heard knocking on the hallway on his door. When he went to go investigate, he found no one. Later, he saw the air conditioning and the television switch on and off by themselves. When he was sleeping, he was awakened by pounding noises from behind his headboard. He was so scared that he took a bat with him to bed for protection. He was only able to sleep for two hours during his three-night stay. Carlos Gomez, another baseball player for the Minnesota Twins, also experienced something paranormal a day before his big game. He heard disembodied voices, then saw his iPod switch on and by itself. 
The iPod then began vibrating wildly and almost fell to the floor. He put his iPod back on the table when it started doing the same thing again, as well as the many reports of mischievous activity and electrical malfunctions. Several guests have reported seeing an apparition of an elderly gentleman, thought to be the spirit of none other than the hotel's founder, Charles Pifster, walking the halls. Players are not shy, however, retelling their experiences. Like the most recent example was when a number of cardinals all slept in the same room after seeing a floating torso apparition in their rooms. Though the hotel doesn't exactly trumpet the fact that it's full of ghosts, it is well known that if you stay there, MLB player or not, you are pretty likely to experience something unexplained. But it, I think it's just hilarious that the um, Milwaukee Brewers host everyone in the Pfister Hotel just to, like, not have them sleep that well. I mean, that's... in town. Yeah, that's like full-on taking advantage of the home field advantage type thing. Oh, oh you yeah. didn't sleep so well? Is that because you slept in a haunted hotel or something like that? Oh, that's too bad. Anyway, I know. we got a game to play. It's so funny. <laughs> and, like, what I mean by that, like, the hotel is probably sponsored or, like, at a cheaper rate for players to stay there than other hotels. So, like, that's why a majority of them actually stay there. But... They could obviously, like, rent someplace else or stay at a hotel someplace else. But this is just the sponsored <laughs> hotel, so I think it's freaking hilarious. Yeah, I mean, if if the brewers just constantly dominate over a particular set of games, like, sp- during specific times of year where it's, like, really haunted, yeah, I might get suspicious. Like, I don't know if that's, like performance d hand scene of some sort of the opposing player is that cheating i don't know if it's cheating it sounds like it's cheating i don't know but i just think it's kind of funny <laughs> okay yeah what believer or non-believer i feel like if some of your teams freaked out they're gonna stay in your room and then you're not gonna get much sleep exactly and professional sports athletes are uh superstitious, superstitious as it is yeah so it's probably not helping. Yeah. So, I mean, just kind of recapping again, the hotel website, like, goes into the history and the grand, like, du jour of this hotel and, like, what it all has to offer. It doesn't mention it being haunted anywhere, and they try to suppress, like, everything that says it's being haunted, but it's just funny that it is one of the most renowned haunted hotels. Like, Sports Illustrated had several articles on this. Um, as well as, like, Reddit's blown up with all the stories that happened here. And there's, like, a couple others. Like, I mean, I know a friend that stayed here just talked to the wait staff and asked if it was haunted. And, like, the main desk people will say no, but people that, like, clean rooms and, like, have been there forever will definitely say it is haunted and, like, tell you their story. It's pretty funny. Yeah, Maybe. I don't know if I stayed there. I don't think I'd be able to sleep very well. Yeah. I'd, I'd just go to a different hotel. I really want to do a weekend trip here. You go ahead and do that. I'm I'm sure that'll be fine. Yeah. But anyways, let's get on to like a couple personal accounts. Okay. So Tom che- checked into the Pifster Hotel in downtown Milwaukee. He would meet a few business partners and clients over the next few days, and the hotel was a good location to their offices. 
He wanted to take his time and get some sleep, a luxury for most of his trips. But the Bister Hotel's ghostly residence had other plans. He checked in and headed to his room on the 17th floor. It was January and the hotel wasn't busy. Tom didn't count more than a few guests in the lobby in the restaurant. He was alone in the elevator and the hallway up to his room was empty. The hotel was still. After receiving his bags from the bellop, he took out his clothes for the next day and placed them on the bench at the foot of the bed. Then he put in his dop kit in the bathroom and turned his TV on to watch the college basketball game. Now settled, he ordered room service. My first call to the room service disconnected, Tom said. There was crazy static on the line, so I thought it was just old lines in the hotel. The second time I tried, I got through, but the call would cut out every few seconds. It cleared up after I repeated my order three times. This was his first day in the hotel, and while the static on the phone line is an annoyance, it wasn't the weirdest thing to happen. Ten minutes after I ordered a late-night dinner, I heard knocks on my door, Tom said. Just three taps. I thought it was a server bringing my food. She told me it would take 30 minutes, so I was a bit surprised it was ready this soon. When he opened the door, no one was there. He looked both ways down the hall. It was empty. Tom thought another guest may have had kids and they were playing a game. When the server arrived, he asked if she had seen any anyone in the halls tonight. She told him that there were four guests on the floor, including him, but there were no children staying on the 17th floor. After the game ended, he decided to get ready for bed. It was now around 11 p.m. He set his phone alarm to go off at 7 a.m. and pulled back the covers. He clicked the off button on the remote control. As the TV screen faded to black, he saw the silhouette of a man reflected in it. I thought it was a burn-in of one of the game's broadcasters, but the figure wore a hat like a Tyrolean hat, one of those German hats with little feathers on the side. He shook his head to wake himself up a little. He had flown in from Phoenix with a long layover in Minneapolis. He thought the fatigue made him see things that weren't really there. As he entered the bathroom, he found his dop kit on the floor. The contents were scattered everywhere. At this point, I got a little scared. I haven't left the room and my dop kit was zipped shut, he said. I may have been sleepy, but I would have noticed someone come in. After brushing his teeth, he got into bed. It was about 11.30 when he checked his alarm settings again. He also set the digital alarm clock on the table next to the bed. Tom told Ghostly Activities that he had a troublesome sleep. He felt a pressure on his chest and he couldn't breathe well. It seemed like sleep apnea, but he never had it before. He also had to turn up the heat a few times. The thermostat read 70 degrees, but it felt much, much colder even under the covers. He thought there could be a mechanical problem and made a note to tell the hotel about it the next day. It was now 2.15 a.m. Again, he had restless sleep, tossing and turning and feeling colder. He remembered rolling over and hearing a deep laugh. He reached for his phone to check the time, but the digital display showed a blinking zero zero. He looked at to the digital alarm clock and it was dead. The power had gone out. He sat up in bed and turned toward a shadow that he saw at the foot of his bed. Clothes then flew off the bench and hit him in the face. Then something pushed down on his shoulders, knocking him back into his bed. The shadow laughed again. He laid pinned to the bed for a few more seconds and managed to get free. 
He flung his crumpled clothes to the floor and ran toward the door. It wouldn't open. I just murmured to myself that I was going to get the fuck out of this place, Tom said. As he did, the power turned and the room felt warmer. It was now 3.33 a.m. Tom went downstairs and said there was a problem with the room's heat. The front desk manager switched him to a different room, and he remained at the Pipster Hotel without another ghostly incident. The Pipster Hotel was a well-known haunted place in Milwaukee. In 2011, Travelocity named it as one of the most haunted hotels in the U.S. So that was Tom's account of the Pipster Hotel. So it just was colder than it was saying it was supposed to be and things tipped over on their own there was electrical problems with not only the phone but uh the tv and Mm. the static and then his clothes like flew at him and he had sleep paralysis Mm -hmm. but like it wasn't like typical sleep paralysis either because he like he sat up and then he was forced back down yeah yeah that's weird yeah, because normally you wake up and you're not able to move, but he, like he was able to move and then couldn't. Hmm. 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 I'm more confused about the hat with the feather in it type thing. Just like, was that ever normal during that time? Uh, in the early 1800s, probably. Maybe. Hmm. Yeah, but that was a burned-in image in the TV, so he could have just been seeing things for that. Yeah, but what would make the hat with a feather? I don't know. It's weird. It's very yeah. weird. Yeah. It is It is really weird. But I just think it was funny that all the Cardinals slept in the same room after a disembodied torso showed up. Well, if you see that, you do need comfort. Yeah. So everybody's just i i think the funniest part is it is a full team of grown men yeah who are just cramped into one room because they're scared and these are big guys too like big beefy Mm -hmm. athletic guys Mm -hmm. they're not like little tiny people yeah but that's funny it is it is really (laughs) funny is there another story about the piffster no that was it for the piffster it's just more like disembodied people being seen shadowed people and more stuff like how tom experienced like with stuff knocking over and static and shadow people at the end of your bed shadow people yeah his story kind of uh said all of the stories so i just stuck with the one okay still though that's kind of weird like you just sit up you're like something's going on who are you clothes just smack you in the face and you fall down and then you're like stuck yeah, no kidding. Like, like, for most, like, these haunted horror movie type stuff, this sounds a little bit closer to, like, the scary movie type horror stuff where it's comedy at the same time. So I understand why the ghost was laughing. It's kind of funny. Yeah, it is kind of funny, but, like, so. terrifying for the guy. Oh, definitely. But yeah, it's just, like, maybe something funny could happen there. True, true, true. So, next, on to the other haunted house. Yeah, so, Shaker's Cigar Bar in Milwaukee in the Third Ward is one of the most interesting spots in the whole state. 
The stately building is tucked between renovated lofts, old school bars, and fancy new restaurants. As a cigar bar, it's the only place where you can legally smoke inside in the city, and there's a haze and scent to everything here that just feels really, really old school. And this is somebody reporting as they take the tour and everything, so I'll be kind of talking in and out of the first person, just letting you know. Okay. So this is like a retelling of someone's tour. Yep. Like a reporter took the tour and like tells a little bit about the history as she goes along. Okay. From the Shakers website, located in the historic Walkers Point area of Milwaukee, the building was constructed in 1894 to serve as a Schultz's Brewery Cooperage House, making huge barrels for beer, brewing, and transport. It was sold in 1905 and used as a distribution center. Sold again in 1922, the pantina of coal dust and oil was kept on the front windows, the front door remained locked, and the entry to the city's newest speakeasy was through the alleyway entrance. The speakeasy was now owned by Al and Frank Capone. Starting in 1924, they opened a soda bottling operation that served as a cover for the liquor being produced and consumed on site. There was also a brothel household on the second and third floors. All kinds of not exactly on the up and up stuff happened here during that time. This covert part of the building history lasted into the 1940s. Al Capone had this as a brothel and a speakeasy, so you can bet that some crime happened here where people probably died or OD'd and were taken care of if they, like, owed stuff to Al Capone. I mean, it was one of his haunts that he stayed at quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Some some classic mafia stuff. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, kind of getting into some of the crimes now on site. Okay. While there was a brothel on site, there are rumors of a murdered one of the sex workers by a jealous man. These rumors are certainly bolstered by the fact that when the building was remodeled in 2001, human remains were found in one of the walls, and Tess said that the bones were 70 years old. Whether or not you buy in the idea of ghosts, it's hard to deny that the story is chilling and probably didn't lead to a happy afterlife for the woman who was involved. There are, of course, no guarantees of paranormal activity, but the owner says that as soon as they moved into the building, it was clear that they weren't alone. Naturally, staff started telling these stories to patrons and legends, and the story sort of grew. The ghost tours are a natural extension of that aspect. It's hard to imagine one single building having such a fascinating story, but What you learn on the ghost tour is that there is that, and it's not just about possible other life, but about the history of the city, how the building has changed hands, and who's passed away there, and how the building was built over one of three original cemeteries in Wisconsin. Wait, wait, so this place was a speakeasy. Yep. A a cover for a mafia business. Yep. Built on top of a cemetery. Yep. And lots of people died there yep. after. Yeah. I'm I'm surprised Stephen King hasn't wrote like a novel about this because this is like a combination of like a bunch of his stories. Yeah, I know, right? It's crazy. So kind of crazy though, huh? 
Yeah, there's a there's a lot going on in this particular place. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's set up to, like, be very haunted. Mm-hmm. So, continuing right along, those who think they're truly immune or who are open to scare themselves can actually stay in the third floor penthouse for the night. Estimates say that only about a fourth of those who attempted actually make it through the entire night. Apparitions, voices, cold feelings, and the sounds of footsteps, and so many more things make it super creepy to stay, and that's only for those not faint at heart. There's a stellar menu of both drinks and food here, and if you're just looking for a hip and swanky spot that's unlike anywhere you've ever been, Shakers is perfect for that. Just note that you may be unknowingly sharing your chair with someone else. Bar itself is a gorgeous throwback, though almost none of the pieces are original to the building, most of what was salvaged from other time-appropriate spots. Some say that's why there seem to be so many spirits here. They came with the mishmash of historical pieces from long-destroyed Wisconsin homes and buildings that they found a new home at Shakers. Shakers says they're the fifth most haunted bar in Wisconsin and that they do a number of ghost tours that have received national recognition. They've added a Jeffrey Dahmer tour and do not shy away from any of their infamy. While they play up their checkered past and reputation, they also don't go in for gimmicking haunting bits. There's no eerie music or open-ended questions meant to shake you up. It's clear that tour guides here believe what they're telling you. Shakers is a fun, unique spot with a ton of history and enough questionable past that it's easy to buy into what they're saying. That is the old school speakeasy updated in the 2010s. It's a swanky and fun, funky, and probably at least a little haunted cigar bar in downtown Milwaukee. So that is one reporter's view of Shakers. I'd say that's a pretty good tour guide type thing to say. It, I mean, it sort of promotes travel and yeah. at least checking it out. I'm interested in checking it out, and I'm not a fan of the scary stuff. Yeah, on Yelp, they have really good reviews for not only the ghost tour, but their Jeffrey Dahmer tour. I think that's just a walking around Milwaukee. Mm, like a stop along the way type thing sort of like those jack the ripper tours yeah just like where you walk to the numerous haunts uh, okay yeah still though it's also a bar so you can you can drink there too so that's pretty cool yep and their food's pretty good and you can actually smoke in there too yeah yeah i'm sure there's a few people that would go there just for that yeah yeah weird yeah, and I looked into stories of people that stayed up on the third floor, but none really were that fluid and made a whole lot of sense, so I didn't include those, uh, at least from the Reddit and Yelp reviews, but there are quite a few of them if you want to look online to see what people have experienced there. Um, like this article said, it was a lot of disembodied voices, footsteps, and just cold feelings that made people feel uneasy. Um, and some of the voices saying stuff made them leave. 
So like they heard voices and they saw some things or is it mostly just voices and cold feelings? Voices, cold feelings, and sounds. Okay. They haven't actually seen a whole lot. Okay. So it's all the unseen stuff that's creeping people out. Yeah, exactly. So are you thinking of maybe giving the penthouse a try and seeing what happens? I won't. You know, I, I kind of want to, but the Pifster has more uh, realistic kind of... Or more chance of being haunted and experience something. Hmm. Well, they say only a quarter of people stay in the penthouse through the night. Yeah. So, that but, means three out of four chances you'll be scared out of there. That's pretty good. That is In terms of percentage. Good. That is pretty good. It's just a little pricey compared to the Pifster. Well, that's fair. Too. It is a penthouse after all. It is. But, again, the penthouse isn't actually, like, a hotel, like, to stay. It's just more like a rented room and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's not as really nice as a hotel that you would typically stay at. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Weird. But, yeah, so that's Haunted Milwaukee. But, I honestly, the speakeasy has, like, the makings of it being super-duper haunted. I mean, being buried on a cemetery, having been a speakeasy to uh notorious and nefarious al capone and frank capone and having shady business deals go down in there um as well as i mean being right along the kind of stops of jeffrey dahmer and everything it has Mm -hmm. the makings to be super haunted plus i mean i'm not gonna really knock this particular thing but with all these old things being brought to the bar and just being placed in there. I mean, we've already talked about haunted dolls, and it doesn't matter who owns them, they still get attacked. So, yeah. Bringing possibly haunted stuff into it as well, it's just like, it's, it is just a, a stew of all, a bunch of possible reasons why it could be haunted. I know, right? It, it like, there's so many things that could be Ooh. bringing stuff here. Ooh. Yeah. That's weird. Oh, I know, right? Crazy stuff. Crazy, crazy. Huh. Well, what do you think? I is th- it actually haunted or is it just like a weird placement type things with just a lot of suggested things that could add to it and making people think it's haunted? See, so like, I mean, the Shakers has the most potential, but... With the reviews that I read online and all the hauntings that I read, I feel like it's very easy for people to have, like, hidden speakers to, like, sound in the noises and to, like, make stuff a little bit colder. Like, it's a lot more mechanically explained, the experiences that people have had in Shaker's Bar. I feel like the Pifster Hotel has a lot more unexplained stuff, and I feel like that would creep me out at least a little bit more. I think that might also play into them, like, really playing up that this place is haunted. So they might be more inclined to make it haunted. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's why that's why I'm more leaning towards the Pifster than Shakers. But still, Shakers would be so cool to um, go and see and do the tour and everything. As well as their food and drink menu is really, really good. Hmm. 
So what you're saying is if you go to Milwaukee to stay at the Pifster, you'll probably spend some time over at Shakers. Yeah, at least have like a dinner and a drink and maybe go on a ghost tour there. All right. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun. But that's like a whole day planned in Milwaukee. It is, I think at least. Which in the spooky season, yeah. probably probably a fun thing to do during that. So if you ever come down and visit me, we have something to do, John John. Yeah, I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No. Yeah. Didn't, so like, this is kind of more random and off topic, but didn't we have a haunted road growing up that like, like at least like an urban legend, like where you sat on this road with your headlights on, you'll see a car coming at you or something. Do you remember that? Yeah, that's Little Valley Road where the Shulos had their house on. It was essentially like not a car that went by, like a horse-drawn carriage that was an apparition type stuff. If you, after midnight, I guess, like you stopped on the side of the road and like flashed your headlights three times and then waited. Yeah. And it would just cruise by. It was in one of those like haunted Wisconsin books too. Nice. But that was but, like Little Valley Road then. Yep. But Greg and Sam never mentioned anything about that. So it might not be true. But then again, they lived on the road, so they might not have tried it. Yeah, that, that's true. Didn't we have like one other thing too? I'm, I'm having trouble remembering all this. I don't think there was anything else in Spooner. There might have been something else in Washburn County, but yeah. I don't think anything else in Spooner. I know that there's a really haunted bridge in Siren, but I don't remember anything else in Spooner. I don't know either. Wisconsin's a creepy place. It is. It's like a little town, but creepy all over. Mm-hmm. Creepy I little think, town. <laughs> I think Mary Mac put it best out of anybody I've heard is Wisconsin is a cold, dark place with a lot of bars and sawmills, which isn't a good combination. Yeah. <laughs> True. I love Mary Mac. So seriously, if you guys haven't heard of her, she's a comedian that was on Last Comic Standing. She is hilarious, and she's from our area. I would go support her, check her out, and like listen to some of her bits, because they are really, really funny. Yeah, and we're not like sponsored for this or anything. We just like her. But another plug is she is a voice actress as Jessie the Alien in the Hulu show uh solar opposites which i watched and found very funny because it's by the same people that do rick and morty and she's hilarious in it so Audie, you need to watch that if you haven't i didn't i didn't know she was a voice actor for that so i do have to check that out yeah she's getting in with the rick and morty crowd which is kind of cool yeah oh and she's just hilarious i love Mm -hmm. her uh voice of i have the body of a fourth grader and a voice of a kindergartner Mm-hmm. and she's just hilarious i i love her yeah but yeah a little off topic yeah kind of some levity to the spooky but no it's wisconsin's a cold dark place it is a cold dark place <laughs> <laughs> it's getting colder and darker by the month so <laughs> I, basically the day now but still yeah. i like this weather so it is as long as it's not snowy i like the fall weather mm-hmm. yeah but any more spooky tales for me, or is that going to be it for us? I feel like that is probably it for us, unless we have our own spooks we want to tell at the end of the story. 
I don't have any personal spooks. I mean, we lived in an old house and it was just very creaky all the time, but I wouldn't say it was haunted. Except for you have that weird door that's not a door in your bedroom thing, which I don't remember, so I don't think it exists. It probably doesn't. I mean, like, I was, like, seven when we moved out of there, so I could just make stuff up, apparently. I well, mean, you I, could have, but we I haven't really asked Gabby about that either. That's true. I just remember mm-hmm. that hallway, like, creaked every time, and then that closet that we turned into a bathroom was really, really spooky before it was a bathroom on our floor. And well, it didn't have a light on the inside, and everything was made out of, like, these thin strips of wood, so no matter what you did, it would creak. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. It was a fun floor plan, I'll say that, but there's a lot of dark corners in it. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And it was just a really old house. That basement, though, was terrifying. Yeah, I fell down the stairs once. wasn't great. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I did a couple times. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it. Yeah, the basement was creepy for some reason, but it was just like a classic, just like kind of always humid but cold and, and damp. Just... And like the house was probably built in the twenties or forties or something like that. So like one mm. of those old basements that didn't have a level floor and just spiders mm. were everywhere. It just looked creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So off topic, but with that, John, John, do you want to take us out? Sure. So if you haven't already, please hit subscribe on us. We, we'd love more subscribers and the more you do that, more people know about us. Also give us five stars just so you know, other people can hear our weird stories and such. But if you also want to just get involved with us, send us an email at violinvice at gmail.com or maybe even just message us quickly at on Facebook at Violinvice Podcast or Instagram with the same thing. Or just give us a tweet at simply violinvice. No ampersands in any of this stuff because we're classy. And if you really want to hear me get scared out of my pants we have some special stories if you support us on patreon at patreon.com slash where any sort of support you'll be able to hear more times where Audie decides to torture me with scary stories and with a certain amount i think it's five dollars Audie. No, I, it's one dollar now. Five. It used to be five dollars. Now it's one dollar and above. You get to hear all the spooky stories. And if you guys want to not commit to anything and just give us a once-off donation, you can also do that. PayPal with our email address, fileandvice at gmail dot com. That's v i l e a n d v i c e at gmail dot com. Awesome. The PayPal thing's new for me. Yeah. I don't understand it. It is new. But, um, again, the bonus content, though, is only on Patreon only. Yeah. Scary stuff. And I get tortured. It's great. And some, there's also some bloopers. Just, a little bit of bloopers. Yeah, but it's mostly me getting terrified because Adi enjoys that way too much. It is very, very fun. Mm-hmm. But that's all from us today. Adi, do you want to say goodbye to people or do you have one more little message? 
Nope, I can say goodbye. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next week for another spooktacular episode. <laughs> I'm already kind of afraid. I know what's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> Have a good week, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Violin Vice. Cover art is by Audie Griffith. Music by Annabelle Rivak. If you want to help support the show, please visit patreon.com slash violinvice or give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to. This helps us move up the charts and also helps keep the spooky stories coming. Thank you.